Imagine you were given a life or death task. This task is something you've tried before and you've failed many times. And not only that, it's total chaos. I can't make sense of exactly what is happening or what I should be doing. And it's going 100 miles an hour. How do you feel about that? Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson. All right, y'all, welcome back. As promised, we're going into our request series where you get to, we're taking from social media, uh, some of the things that you all have shared that you want us to cover. And today, we're going to be covering one of the participants, uh, I say participants, like I'm at a training, right? Yeah. Listeners. <laughs> Asked about getting clearer on the O in tempo. And shame on me, I didn't really help get that question too focused, but we're going to try and cover it our best way today uh, about the O in tempo. So just quick review on what tempo is. Tempo was an acronym that was made up by George Fowler a few years ago. Some people love it. Some people absolutely hate it. <laughs> so whatever goes into that, just we, we certainly don't want to plagiarize anyone's work. Mm -hmm. So tempo is just a way to try to help people remember affect assembly as Sue Johnson and most EFTers call it, which then was a takeoff appraisal theory from Magda Arnold back in the 60s. And appraisal theory was the concept that my experience of something in the moment, there's a process to get there. And this process is, is physiological, it's cognitive, it's emotional, it involves a danger cue, but you cannot not have a process of appraisal and that this appraisal process was converted uh, first by Sue Johnson and others that assembling this has therapeutic effect. And then George Fowler and others gave it the acronym of TEMP or TEMPO. And we've not taught the O as well. So that's what we want to do today. Yeah, 100%, Ryan. And I remember we were at an externship and Ryan asked me about a Magna Arnold's book that is actually here in my office, <laughs> Memory in the Brain. And, and it is. It's your brain has a way. Your your brain and your body has a way of coding information. And so we want to make sure we help. And particularly, as Sue said, a powerful quote in her A, a Tip book or Attachment Theory and Process. Uh, I don't remember have it memorized well, but here's the gist of what Sue said. You know, much of the anxiety and distress our clients feel is because the elements of their experience have not been organized in a coherent manner. And that's what we want to do. And now let me push forward where George will, everyone will be like, yeah, you just got to temp it. And George will say, but don't forget the O, it's just as important. And what George is saying there is once you've gotten the trigger, that's what the T is for, or attachment cue, the emotion, or getting to really the limbic response, the body's weight, the information, the M, the meaning, and then the P, that it's a protection or action tendency. The O is where you really make sure you've got it all together. You've got a story, and now you're making it coherent. So the O is once you've gotten all those elements together, you will take this is the way, I, at least I do it. I think Ryan kind of does it this way. George will do it. So hold on a second. Let me make sure I really got this. Whew. When that happens, 
when you see that look in your partner's eye and their eyebrow goes up, man, it just hits your body. Just this panic comes up in your chest. And the way you make sense is, I'm in trouble. Here we go again. We're going to be on lockdown for 72 hours. And your move to kind of deal with that, to kind of get some space from it is, you kind of pull back, you go away, you go into your shell. Okay. Wow. So am I getting that? And that's kind of organizing it in a way. That's a very short way of organizing it. And so to me, that O accomplishes a couple things. One, do you have it really right? Because the first time through, it's like learning a good song. You hear the beat, but you might not catch the words. <laughs> you allow them to kind of, they, they've been feeling the rhythm of it, but they've never really been able sometimes to put into coherent story. Two, I think I like doing the O part of the tempo because it allows it to come alive in me as a therapist. It's not just me gathering information. This is where Ryan's taught on this on this podcast before. Not only am I fully catching it as they give me each element, now I'm really making a big catch of I'm really fully catching your experience. It helps me pull it out into a scene sometimes. And then the third thing it does for me is I think it allows them to see it as it processes through you. So one, you're checking for accuracy. Two, I'm trying to kind of come into the experience of, that the client's having here. And then three, I'm also, as Sue would like to say, it's I'm holding up your experience and we're both looking at it together. So that's what I think what I really capture with the O and tempo in a way. But I think it also does some other things. It offers pacing throughout the therapy process because we're not just keep building. It's like we're almost doing little mini missions in a way of assembly. And, we, and depending on where you are in the treatment process, you might get one, you might get one round of assembly done and you organize it. And then you look at your client's face, you look at their body posture, you look at their partner. It might open up something else. Uh, one way after I do the O, sometimes I'm like, wow. And as I show you this, I kind of see a tear come to your eye. Or I see your head drop down to the floor. Or I see this deep breath you take. Right? So I don't know. Those are just kind of some <laughs> of the ways when I think about the O, specifically around tempo. Yeah, I want to go back a step. Sorry, yeah. James, I'm behind you here a little bit. As you're saying things, you're giving me some thoughts. Um, before we jump into the O, I promise I will. Um, the whole tempo process is uh, is with your clients, individual couple and family. There's a major competition happening right in front of you. How do we make sense of what's going on? And we're using affect assembly or tempo as our answer for it. We're saying, look at it this way. It is a reframe to an, to an attachment view of the distress. And we've said that a lot before. Attachment is this motivational system, this latent, unfounded, unused, massive source that can be leveraged for healing. But don't forget it's a competition between many, many other worldviews. Individual pathology is probably number one. You know, you have this, you have this disorder. I can't tell you how many emails I get. Can you help me? My partner has has label X. And I'm not making light of those because I'm sure there's reasons that those terms come out. But affect assembly is, is a competition for that. And it's blame sometimes or an attachment view. It's uh, all kinds of things, uh, even around we need help mediating some dispute. Is it that or is this an attachment-based attachment cycle or attachment block cycle? 
So affect assembly is that is that reframe. And uh, uh, just a, one more quick reminder. The more reactivity you have, the more stuck someone is, the more time they need in the assembly of tempo. All right. Catching up with you finally. And so I love what you said about the O there, the organize. Um, I would just say it, it most my best answer to that is it has to do with repetition. How many times you are repeating, repetitively putting the elements of emotion together over and over and over. How many times? More times than you think you should. It's a little bit like doing grief work. It's it's when you when you finish it, do it again. When you finish it, do it again. Um, for for several really important reasons. One thing that jumps to mind today is my work with an individual I worked with and. This person's been making really good progress, like most clients, has some pockets of avoidance, and then this weekend has a, has a bit of a setback. And uh, it took me a long time to get into the assembly because it was just story after story after story of why. And it, it's why stories, though, not an, not an attachment view of why. And so I literally went through this person's day to slow them down, and we found a trigger that happened shortly after lunch. And as soon as we did, the assembly unfolds. And as soon as we get, you know, the four or five levels here, I went back over this five or six times in about a 15 minute period. And, and this person looked and goes, okay, that's a different way of understanding what just happened. So just that, it, it's, it's, it's assessment, it's organization, it also uh, is an intervention. So I wanna be clear about that, but repetition is really, really key. It does slow things down. It changes the speed to take something from chaos into organization and then repeat that over and over, particularly when you're around stuckness and, re and reactivity. So I, my, I think we got three or four uh, images coming at you here pretty soon. I'll give you my first one, and then we'll take a quick break. You know, I, I've worked with several Navy SEALs in, in my day, and uh, then I've read some of their books. And so when they, when they train, especially when they train in what they call CQB, which is close quarter battle, something you see on TV when they, they are a SWAT team or whomever enters a building and there's a very programmed um, process where each person has an exact task that they're doing, uh, one corner of the room as it may be. And uh, by the way, they do a lot of this training in Millington, Tennessee. Shout out to the uh, Memphis EFT community that James started. But anyway, uh, the SEALs in, in CQB, what they do, ironically, their goal is to be able to, to hit these targets with extreme speed, quickness, and efficiency. So in order to do that, they start at the opposite level. So their whole thing is slow is smooth, smooth is fast. So they literally walk into these buildings like one inch at a time to the point that it annoys them. And they go so slow on their correct movements over and over and over and over. So when you're doing the O in tempo, it should annoy you a little bit. It might annoy your clients a little bit. It annoys the Navy SEALs to go that slow. These are fairly, uh, you know, competitive soldiers here. And so to make them tiptoe, over and over and over, but what you find in the human brain is if you can do something repetitively in a slow place, mm. your body will naturally start to move it back to the right speed. 
That's part of what we're trying to do with the O in tempo. All right, y'all, let's take a break and we'll come back and hit you with some more images and talk about organizing. If you like the content of this podcast and you want more specificity and ability to see it, a team of EFT trainers, supervisors, and therapists work together at successandvulnerability.com to create a focused online training program to help you learn how to work in some of the hardest places in emotional and relational distress. Check us out at successandvulnerability.com. All right. Welcome back. So I love that, Ryan, talking about that repetition. You know, we've done a podcast episode on that and why it's necessary. And so not only are we doing the O just to check in and do that, but I like the other intervention of the O that Ryan's talking about, because it is a moment you get to take the microphone back for a moment and you get to slow the pace down. Let me make sure I got this because he's right. You are for them. They don't get to slow down and see this happen. It just happens to them. They don't really get to see it or experience it. This goes back to, I know I've said this quote on here a lot, the Eugene Yenlin quote, that uh, things that are not felt do not change. It has to be felt in order for it to change. Mm -hmm. So we do that when we slow it down. And sometimes our clients, when I do the O part of it, I try to say it with what my body is picking up on the emotion and the experience. Let me make sure I got this. Whoa. This is what how it goes. These are the moves. These are the experiences. These are the messages. Wow. Am I getting that? Is that what it's like for you? And you almost see your clients take like a deep kind of breath sometimes. Their body releases. It's like somebody sees it. Somebody gets it. But just imagine if you take that O out and you don't, she, you don't show them that you've got it, their body has to keep holding. And they've got to tell you more content now. How fun is that? Because, okay, I'm not sure if you're getting it. And so they keep loading you with more and more and more. But when you do that, oh, it shows them, hey, I got what we need here to get the picture of your experience. You, you've got me. I see the picture. I see the desperation. I see the pain. I see the hopelessness. I see how scary this is. And that, that that's part of why I want to push also, too, with that oh there. Do you have anything else on that, Ryan? Yeah, I was just going to think about kind of along the same lines. Um, I watched a... Uh, a preseason football game this mm. weekend. I don't watch much sports anymore, believe it or not, but I did. And they were talking about, this is in the NFL. So if you're not a sports person, sorry about that. I got two more sports metaphors coming today. <laughs> but I mean, sports are just a culmination of life, really, mm -hmm. and learning and team, which is really not that different than therapy in some ways. But anyway, so they, they um, there's a trade for this player. And it, the, the trade was like nine days ago. And they were saying in the pregame interview that this, this guy um, has the playbook down. And I don't know if you know about what NFL playbook means, but they are like uh, five, I don't know how many pages, hundreds of pages of plays. And, and none of them ever miss a play. I mean, in terms of just like they make mistakes, but in terms of knowing the play, it's almost 100%. So guess what they do? They start you off really slow, and they run it over and over and over and over. I think about when I played football, I never – there was never a time where I even had a second hesitation. As soon as I heard uh, the coach or whomever call a play, my brain knew exactly what to do. And that's I'm not that smart, right? So, But, but we had gone over so many times, so many times. And so when your clients are stuck, they need that experience from you. 
off their danger cue or trigger over and over and over into either the emotion first or the attachment message into their action tendency. And then here's the key that we want to emphasize then hearing it, then seeing a therapist embody it and bring it back in front of them over and over and over, you know, so Sue, I think she's quoting, um, Carl Rogers here, maybe others that says disorganized emotion creates paralysis, mm. right? So if a good assembly removes paralysis right there, or at least starts the process of removing paralysis. And we've said on here before, I think a good quote that when you see a lot of stuck reactivity, it's the client crying out for help. What they are saying is the current way I have this arranged, the current frame I have on this is not working. Please slow down with me or please slow me down and reorganize how this makes sense move by move. I think that's one that's that's worth writing down if you're a note taker. What do you think about that, James? There. Yep, I love it. I, I think that is exactly what we, they need to do. And that's why they pay us. They don't just pay us just to listen to it passively. We do need to come forward and have some activeness in this process as a facilitator that some of the elements that they don't even catch, we slow down and help bring it forward with them. That's what I think. So. Yeah. I was trying to think about uh, other images here. For some reason, this is image day for me because it's really a simple concept in a way as you, can, as you um, perpetually reflect back people's assembly to them over and over and over until the, the reframe is fully installed. The, the new context is, is expanded from I'm bad, you're bad to uh, the view of the cycle. So I was thinking about back in the 90s, early 90s, when I was finishing my athletic career, I, I was a baseball player at a relatively high level. And um, it was the summer before my senior year. So I was almost done, man. I'm in my 20s at this point. I'm no longer a little boy. And uh, I'd had some success. I'd had some failure. And I'm, I'm playing out in this. I was in Alaska uh, playing baseball. And um, there was a coach there. He was out of one of the Arizona universities, I think maybe Arizona State or somewhere. And he's working with me in the, in the batting cage. And he comes over and says, hey, I want you to consider doing this different. I'm like, okay, cool. I want to, you know, if this is going to help me. And, uh, and so – the way he corrected me, it was so awkward that I could hardly even make contact with a with a ball on a tee. Like he changed the way I was my my back elbow came through anyway. It's a long story that people don't want to hear. But I remember uh, distinctly having such a a moment of chaos and frustration that I had a tear come to my eye. I mean, it was pretty disorienting. That's what a learning curve feels like. And so I remember him coming alongside and, and saying, all right, here's your task. I'm, for 10 days, I want you to not try to hit a ball hard at all, which is just unheard of in baseball. That's the, the name of the game. And so he was literally showing me how to slow this down. And he would just walk me through slow, slow contact on a tee before he ever did a little soft toss. And, and then we would expand and, and that tip changed my career as a hitter. I was a completely different animal, you know, six, eight months later. So remembering how difficult it is to take in change. Mm. People need our repetitive summaries. Just because you get it as a therapist, that has nothing to do with this. That you have to show your work 
and let them slowly grab um, this new expanded frame of an attach this being an attachment cycle. So mm-hmm. they're going to be frustrated, and so repetition really is your friend. All right, here's my image. I'll go with a non-sports one now. All right, thank you. <laughs> Balance this out. Trying. Uh, so, but I'm imagine having to put a puzzle together, and there's a sense of you have a vague picture of this puzzle, but it's not just any puzzle. Like if you don't get this puzzle put together, no one sees the hope or the dream for your relationship, and it's just lost forever. And so you got to get this thing put together. And by the way, you can't just get it put together slow. It's like literally life or death. You got to get it done quickly. And so, but you just, all you have is this idea in your mind and a box of pieces. Our job as a therapist, when I picture organizing, it's like, okay, we could just dump the pieces out and just start frantically starting to put put them together. But like, can we slow down for a moment? And let's, let's just see what the, let's get the corner pieces. Let's get the edges. Oh, oh, there's this section of colors here. Can we put those all together in a, in a spot? Yep, I see it. I see those, all those orange pieces. What are those orange pieces t- telling me? What are they showing me? That's like the sunset. It's the sunset on the beach, you know. Oh, so there's a beach? Yeah. Okay, well, let's find the water pieces. Okay, okay. I'm seeing the glimmers of color coming across the water. Let's get those pieces. And we just keep getting these piles and putting them together. And as we keep doing that and we get each pile, all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh, we're kind of, we got a plan now. We can put these together. All right, let's try this. Could you do this here? And each time, and so I won't even expand the O for a moment outside of even tempo. And then as we do the tango <laughs> and we do moves four and five, that's also about organizing. As we do the summaries, that's organizing. And what we're doing with organizing as we go through is, we're getting the groups of pieces. We're organizing the experience. Okay, let's, let's slow down. Let's pull back for a moment. Look at what you did. Normally you shut down here, but you didn't shut down today. You were able to stay engaged, and you let me see what your experience was here. And then you were able to do this and turn towards your partner, and your partner was like, whoa, I didn't know it was like that. I mean, I heard it, but I never heard it like this. And then your partner was able to kind of give some empathy for you and kind of move towards this place instead of fighting against it. And then that helped you kind of feel a little bit of hope. We need that kind of repetitive organizing over and over through the process to help them put the puzzle together. You can't just dump the boxes out, like Ryan said, in the midst of chaos and say, I know everything's on the line, but you got to hurry up and just do it and not do any kind of organizing work. Uh, That's my image. That's good. I like what you're saying there. The harder the puzzle is, the slower you kind of got to go. Yeah. And the harder the puzzle is, you got to, you need some structure. You got to start somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Find some corner, somewhere we can push off on. And that's exactly what we're doing with the Affect Assembly. Um, I also think uh, it, it, it a good Affect Assembly with repetitive organization from the therapist, I think it, um, it gives a sense of empowerment and even control. You know, I think about a case that I'm working right now. Um, when, when I first got them, they were very difficult. Mm-hmm. And I say they, meaning that what they were going through. Mm-hmm. We're all on the same team. So we were facing difficult things together. And mm-hmm. the first seven sessions were nothing but difficult. And then like, like research and, and my experience certainly predicts, you know, session eight, we hit a good enactment or two. And then six sessions in a row, we start stringing enactments together and they start getting better. And that, so that's nice. And by session 16, 
I'm starting to think they might be stage two ready. And then in session 17, all it all fell apart, <laughs> you know, which was devastating to them. Mm. Not so much to me because I'm like, yeah, you can kind of predict that. But in, 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 to nobody's fault, they faced a new situation that mm. was just really difficult. Life happened. That's right. And um, so we had three or four very difficult sessions, even 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 with requests. Could you see us once separate one time, which I don't usually do, but I did. So anyway, we, we met today and I just said, hey, before we even jump in, I just want to ask you coming off of this hard last month, do you see the levers mm. and levers meaning, you know, if you if you face if you face some kind of machine in front of you and there's, you know, 90 levers there. Um, and then, then when there's 90 levers, then there's not any lever. <laughs> you know, the last thing you want to do is just start turning stuff. And so part of what we are doing with Affect Assembly is we are covering up the levers that won't bring about change. Mm. We are highlighting for people, hey, this is what is going on. These are the drivers of the attachment system here. And so I went one by one. That's how I started session today. Just like, hey, do you see it? And I had them sort of walk through their cycle with me. And both of them were like, yeah, we, we see the levers. Mm. And so that's an empowering thing. If you can unpack, you know, while I don't like my partner's moves, I can see why they do it. And while I sometimes get mad at myself, here's what happens. And, and I realize that when I do this protection move, even though I don't think it should, he responds this way or whomever responds that way. You know, when you get a really good affect assembly, and you give them um, uh, um, an empowerment of what the levers are to, to possibly bring about change or at least understand why we can't. And, and in those events, sometimes the, the, the breakup at least goes better. So this is what we're doing with really good affect assembly, part of what we're doing. And none of that can happen without repetition. That's right. Regular blaming of the cycle regular regularly attributing behavior to the cycle regular summaries of how these elements make sense but fit together showing them the impact as a rule distressed couples can't get it they can't find the levers and so if you don't if you don't know what lever does what you 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 end up just trying to do too many things and, I, and therapists sometimes do that as well so i think this is a a, a major application of the o in tempo Man, Ryan, good job of a use of an intervention of organizing to get them to a place to where they could do something different versus in their reactivity, you just keep trying to make them do something different. You used organizing to help ground them, to help really, I say, honor them and come alongside them to help them see what you see and not just like shame them for it. So I just want to shout, that was a really good intervention. And I want to shout it out, too, because we're going to do a training on something like this. The Leading Edge, Ryan and I, will be in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth community area with North the North Texas EFT community, November 10th and 11th. And we're calling it the Leading Edge After Core Skills. Um, and particularly, it's going to be working with like kind of these moments about how to go into organizing work and recognizing like, okay, they're organizing, they're actually open. How do I switch over and finish the mission kind of and use that good emotional open attachment channel? And we're just going to be spending two days, Ryan and I, setting up these scenarios, clarifying it, 
and taking the group through just role play after role play, processing after processing to really practice how do we notice which channel we're in and how to do the work that we need to do in that spot. So I'm excited for that, Ryan. Well, obviously, I think one of the exercises is can you see the levers right there? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, y'all. Look forward to uh, sharing more podcasts with you. And if we get to see you in Dallas, that'll be cool, too. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com. And you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Reyna Professional Training and on his website, ryanreynatraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com. Thank you.